Uh, he's been in here several times over those 20 years, in different configurations, man. This time, again, with uh, NBC Sports covering your IndyCar racing. And then again, your sports car pilot with the IMSA series this weekend in mid-Ohio, Townsend Bell, joining us here in the Freak Nation. I, I, I would think that you might have learned your lesson that you're trying to split between sports car racing and calling IndyCar races. But then again, it wasn't the same weekend this weekend, Townsend. Yeah, everything's surprisingly chill when I don't try to do two at once. So um, that's all behind <laughs> us for this year. But um, it seems like we do pretty well uh, results-wise when we're really up against it. Um, not so much today. We uh, just just unlucky there on the start, and uh, BMW got into us, and, and um, Frank hits front-end damage. And then we from there, it was just soldiering home with, like, what's seemingly about three miles worth of duct tape to, to <laughs> put the thing back together. But uh, always fun racing at Mid-Ohio. So nice to see fans, man. It was packed on the hillside down in turn four, which was awesome. And then our teammate Lexus, Jack, Hawk, Jack Hawksworth, won the race, which was awesome. Uh, he, he did yeah, such a such a great weekend and did an awesome job to bring it home. So that was cool to see, but we were bummed for ourselves. Uh, but back to Indy next weekend for a double header at the uh, Harvest Grand Prix on NBC. Townsend, Bill, you race in sports cars and IndyCar. You're an athlete, and you know athletes in all sports need practice. You find it difficult to jump into a sports car after you've been out of one for several weeks, and vice versa. Do you find it difficult to jump into an IndyCar when drivers have these four or five weeks sabbaticals between races? You know, I've been doing it I've been doing it the wrong way for so long that I'm used to it. By the wrong way, I mean... <laughs> You know, for years, I just did the Indy 500. And the first couple of years that I did that, you know, the, the first few laps were just, you know, it's like it's like the first shot of whiskey after five years off or something. I mean, it, it was a eye-opener, just the speed and, and, you know, the physical demands required. And then you just you almost get used, as strange as it sounds, you build up a tolerance to the unexpected and that kind of wow factor. Um, and so now that I'm racing full time in sports cars the last couple of years, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm more used to it than, than most just having done the one-offs at, at Indy for so many years. So it's not bad. And, and my Lexus racing team does such a great job kind of preparing the car, making sure that everything's fully dialed when we get there, um, that it, it's as easy as it could be. It's never easy, but it, it feels pretty normal these days, even with the long, long breaks between races sometimes. But what about from an IndyCar perspective, the drivers that you talk to with this time off, they're younger guys. They don't have the seat time that maybe the older drivers do. Is there a, is there a drop off up until maybe the first two or three laps and then they, they gain control of that thing? Or am I just trying to make something out of nothing? No, you know, there's, there's a, a, a bunch of tiny little things that I think, um, you know, Granted, the, say the first stint of the race, and I think it's when the race where it re- really reveals itself. There's just there could be twenty or thirty little things in terms of just driving technique and hitting your marks and getting back into a rhythm. But after that first stint, I think you settle you settle right in. You know, the kids these days, and I can say that because yeah. uh, <laughs> I just realized we've been doing this we've been doing this twenty years, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, the kids these days, you know, they've got they've got these fantastic simulators, right? And so everybody's got a simulator. Everybody's got the ability to, to at least use that tool, which is very sophisticated now, even the stuff that, that 
racing drivers have at home. I've got one now too. It's just unbelievable how accurate they are. So it really, in terms of knocking the rust off, you kind of have no excuses these days. Um, but there's nothing like the real thing. And, and, and like I said, it's always a bit of an eye opener. Uh, the first go, we'll find out, you know, James Hinchcliffe will be really interesting to watch because he hasn't been racing full time, but he steps into that number 26 Andretti car this weekend, um, jumping, you know, jumping into the furnace and, uh, we'll, we'll see how he adjusts, um, having taken off the last, you know, four or five, six races since the Indy 500. Absolutely. James Hinchcliffe and also Elio Castroneves. Let's get to both of those guys. Townsend Bell joining us here in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night. You watched him race sports cars this weekend. Coming up this next weekend, you're going to watch him in the booth calling a doubleheader IndyCar weekend. So, yeah, did you get a chance to talk to Elio this weekend at all at Mid-Ohio about him now taking Oliver Askew's seat? Yes, I know Elio was in the 500, but again, this is just a different IndyCar than he was born and bred driving. You know, what's so cool about, about Elio or, frankly, Scott Dixon or Tony Kanaan, uh, these guys are all, you know, my age in the mid-40s. I'm 45. I think Elio and I are the same age. And he's just lost none of his enthusiasm for just the, the taste of, of competition and, and the experience of racing an IndyCar uh, full-time. He wants it so bad. Uh, he's been working, you know, the last year to put himself in a position to be the guy that gets called if a seat opens up like it did at Arrow, uh, McLaren, Schmidt, Peterson. Um, and he's just, he just bounces around. You see that guy in the paddock these days and he's, he's just so excited, so ready to race. I mean, I could see these guys going for another 10 years. Tony Kanaan the same way. I mean, Scott Dixon, uh, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, the guy's, the guy's got all of the skill all of the desire that he that he had when he was 22 years old and now he's got 20 years of race winning championship winning experience to layer on top of that and i don't know i mean it's like it's, it's sort of found a youth in indycar right now you, you really can't look at anybody and say oh they've they've lost their you know lost their zest for for winning and going fast there's so much talent yeah where do you think that is coming from because you're right it was not like that let's say just 20 years ago, guys were wanting to retire by the time they were 40, but it's not happening now in IndyCar. However, I'm kind of seeing it happen over in NASCAR. Guys are more wanting to get out of the seat by the time they're 40. But again, in IndyCar, is it the fact that you're not racing every single weekend, that burnout factor isn't there, and also you have time to get your body in shape and also get it to relax a little bit in between races at times? Yeah, I think it's a couple things. I think. I think to your point, it's, you know, 16, 17 races as opposed to 36, 38 weekends in cup. Um, you know, it's kind of ironic that, you know, Jimmy Johnson is going to retire from full-time cup racing and come race IndyCar. Um, just because I, I, you know, and I talked to him about this a few weeks ago that, that there's plenty of demands on your schedule and, and preparation and, and time you need to invest in between those races. It's not like everybody goes to the lake and, you know, goes, goes wake surfing for a few days. I mean, everybody's, everybody's doing everything they can to, pre- to prepare for the next one. So, um, I think, I think it's that, I think it's also safety, uh, IndyCar is safer now than ever. You look at the introduction of the aerostream. We've had two or three significant accidents this year that unquestionably the aero screen has made a massive improvement in safety. And I think, 
and I can just speak from experience that, you know, um, uh, the fact that the safety is ramped up, I think that's oftentimes something that at, at this age you start thinking, e- you know, maybe I want to start thinking about driving with, with a roof over my head. So the aeroscreen has <laughs> been a, a, a big deal. Um, and I think, I think also the fact that, that Indy cars really haven't changed much over the last 20 years in terms of the weight, the mechanics, the setup. That, that once you acquire that body of knowledge, like Scott Dixon has, you kind of hate to turn off the spigot, if you know what I mean. It's like I've worked so hard to put myself in Scott Dixon's shoes. It's like I've worked my tail off to get to this situation. I kind of dominate not just on, on driving, but experience and, and being able to anticipate how a track changes over the weekend and being able to anticipate race strategy. Why, why hand that in? Why? You know, why shut that down when I'm at my peak of knowledge and it's delivering for me week in and week out? So I think there's a combination of reasons, but I love seeing it. Nothing makes me happier than watching a guy in his mid-40s, you know, beat up on a bunch of 19 or 20-year-olds in IndyCar. (laughs) Townsend Bell is in the Freak Nation. Townsend, how long do you think Scott Dixon has to go? He's trying to catch A.J. Foyt, but he's got a ways to go. A.J. Foyt has 67 wins. Scott Dixon has 50. Can he stick around? And can Tony Kanaan still have success? Is he going to be a regular driver next year? He said he wants to come back, or is he just someone who's going to stick it out with the Indy 500? Yeah, so I think in Kanaan's case, I think, you know, it's been kind of an oval focus for him. It just seems like the road course and street course stuff has been more of a a struggle um, the last couple of years. And on the ovals, you know, absolutely the opposite. He's he just seems right there, no matter no matter what. Um, he'll, he'll figure out a way to get to the front if he's got a car capable. I think for Scott Dixon, the question is more: what what else in life would pull him away from racing? If that makes sense. I mean, I think in order to really think about shutting down, you've got to have something on the other side that you want to spend more time doing. And I think you look at Jimmy Johnson's situation; that's the one that's really cool. It's like here's a guy that kind of his whole life, especially since he was a, a, a kid, dreamed of being an IndyCar driver, went to the Long Beach Grand Prix and hung on the fence like we all did and watched these, you know, F-16s on the road go whizzing by. And he wanted that. And that test that he got at Indy with Ganassi just rekindled all of that childhood dreaming. That's the thing that I think is so awesome. So Jimmy's, Jimmy's leaving because there's other things he wants to do. I don't know that Scott Dixon... I'm not sure what that is. I mean, the guy collects watches, but you can do that in your sleep. Um, <laughs> other than that, you know, he had his pilot's license for a while. I don't think he's flying much anymore. So that's kind of the thing is I don't think there's anything that's pulling Scott away uh, to the <laughs> to the to the detriment of the competition. They're probably all asking the same thing. Maybe they should be introducing him to, uh, you know, lifestyle lifestyle alternatives and tempt him into retirement because he's so strong right now. <laughs> Now, what about Jimmy Johnson? Everyone's delighted to see him come from NASCAR, seven championships there, to race in IndyCar. He's going to be doing the road courses. It's a dream he's always had. Do you think he can win, put together a victory in his first season? I would be shocked if he won uh, in his first season. I would be first to raise my hand and say I was wrong if he did, and I'd be thrilled for him if he did. But I think this is a case of you know, staring longingly for many years at the swimming pool and then jumping in and going, holy crap, the current's strong, the water's cold and it's deep. Um, and, and I think, I think he'll, he'll, he'll go through that period of discovery, uh, early on. And then the question is, is how badly does he want to commit? Cause I don't think you can do it successfully 
part time on you know on the road and street circuits. I, ju- I just don't. I just think that's going to be that's going to be a really tall order. I think it'll have a blast. I think it'll be super challenging. But the question I have is once once he confronts and realizes, okay, this is what's really going to take to win. What decision does he make? And I think it could go either way. And, and one thing we know about him is uh, he absolutely uh, has, has committed in the past at the cup level and done it better than anyone for a very long period. So I'm quite curious to see if the challenge tempts him into a bigger full-time commitment um, you know, going forward. And I think the first question you'll, that he'll come across is, why aren't I doing the Indy 500? Because right now he's kind of saying, no, I don't think I'll do that. But I told him, I said, all it takes is one lap. You know, you do one lap in an Indy car at that track, the greatest track in the world, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know how you could turn down an opportunity to, to be in the greatest spectacle in racing. And you mentioned the aero screen earlier and talking about the increased safety in IndyCar. I thought I read somewhere that Jimmy felt so much better with the test at Indy because of the aero screen and then started contemplating, well, never say never to the Indy 500. Yeah. And like I said, one lap, that's all it's going to take. That's yeah. the, you know, taste the, taste the magic. And um, it, I think it'll really, really change that dynamic. I mean, I get it. I, I, I drove around there with my head sticking out for, for 10 years. And, and uh, you know, it, it's much higher risk. Um, they fixed that now. It's addressed. And um, I, think, uh, I think there's a good chance he'd probably consider it. But more than that, you ask about just winning in the races he's committed to. I think it's really hard unless you're fully all in all the time uh, racing in the series. Townsend Bell. You see him on NBC's coverage for the IndyCar series, also sports car pilot joining us here in the Freak Nation. And NBC's done a hell of a job in really bringing together many sports community, excuse me, motorsports series on their network, through their apps, NBC Gold. I could go on and on and on. And I'm, I would ask your opinion on this. I'm going to ask your opinion. But frankly, I think it has to happen. We've talked about this for 10 years where motorsports has to quit competing against each other and competing with each other, meaning we need to see IndyCar, NASCAR races together. We need to see NHRA, IndyCar, NASCAR races together. We're losing dollars, we're losing sponsorship, and we're losing eyeballs, not necessarily because it's not great racing, Townsend. It's just a different freaking day. How does Townsend Bell, a dude who's been a part of motorsports for a couple of decades plus, see motorsports moving forward? Well, it's a great question. And I think for so many years, the racing industry really paralleled uh, and and, and was integral to the passenger car, consumer car industry, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and now I think we're we're coming to an interesting fork where, um, you know, the, the road car business is going down a certain path, more hybridization, fully electric. I mean, California just announced you can't even buy a car and I think it's 2035 unless it's electric. Right. And, and I think that's at odds with, with what racing fans ultimately want to see, which is as old as man and fire, frankly. Right. I mean, I kind of equate it. I've used this analogy before, but let's say we, Let's say we have two friends that are having New Year's Eve parties and, and the first friend's like, Hey, you got to come to our house tonight, New Year's Eve. We're going to have a laser light show and it's going to be awesome. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. And then your other friend's like, dude, just come to my house. We're just going to blow stuff up. 
and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, that, that appeals to my man, man and fire instinct. And I just feel like we're kind of at that fork in the road where, where, you know, racing is probably going to have to be kind of more un, unapologetic and just say, hey, we're, we're all about high revving, loud, fast, on the edge, uh, visceral appeal. You got to smell it, hear it, see it, and it's got to have a wow factor uh, everywhere you go. And I think that's why, you know, NHRA still has a lot of feel. I mean, uh, NASCAR and IndyCar have that, but I'd like to see motorsports actually go more aggro that direction, if you know what I mean, and just kind of fully commit to, hey, we're going to go, you know, we're at 700 horsepower now in IndyCar. I want to be at 1,000 horsepower. I want to be higher revving. I want to smell methanol again. I want all those things that, that generate factor when I was a kid and first fell in love with the sport. That's easy for me to say. It's much harder in practice, but I really feel like there's there's a there's a fork and a and a path to choose here, and it's not going to be easy. It's always greatness, Freak Nation. Follow him on Twitter. Watch him on NBC's coverage for the IndyCar Series. Doubleheader coming up next weekend. Townsend Bell here in the Freak Nation. TB, don't make it so damn long before you visit us back at the Freaks for these twenty years, bud. Man, I would love to see you guys again. Right, uh, it's right. crazy. Congrats on all your success. Can you imagine 20 years mm. of hype in this? <laughs> 20 right. years of freakdom? Oof. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Who, who the fuck, yeah. right? So yeah. many awesome memories, though, with every one of you drivers. You guys are Yeah, awesome. no, it's great so to hear cool. your voices. We've been doing it a long time, and, and you know, with it's uh, we love the fact that, that we've got so many longtime loyal fans that still love uh, what what we love and some so. You guys are just as freaky as ever. Yeah. I'm sure. Don't take oh that the wrong way. But oh, no. uh, That's a compliment. Yeah. yeah Get baby. your freak on. <laughs> Be yes. safe, Townsend. Thanks, buddy. All right, you guys. Take care.